obviously, Czech was focused and his whole uh, research is based on the one point, Sahaba, they were humans, not superhumans, not infallibles, right? And that was the point, because uh, last time in the previous session, when the same topic was presented by uh, the Sunni scholar, Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kusuri, uh, he isn't here, unfortunately, because he is now at the moment in other ulama program, as I mentioned, mentioned earlier. And uh, he went through the same categories. Yes, that's why at the end, Sunni ulama, they agreed upon, we have to re-address or reinterpret as Sahaba Dukulluhum Adudan, because they mentioned some of the same verses, some other incidents, for example, Hazrat <laughs> Saad bin Ubada, he never given his bear to Hazrat Abu Bakr. Malik bin, Hazrat Malik bin Muwera, he clearly revolted along with a great number of Sahaba. And he never accepted that he was killed by the forces of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. So all these incidents were mentioned by Sunni ulama, but very carefully. Uh, so uh, you have to keep it in your mind when we are in the academic study and uh, we have to, we cannot avoid so many verses of the Quran and historical facts. Because generally when we say Sheikh Arif, he is very good, sincere person, generally, this is the general perception. When he applied for a job and he, you know, presented the CV, in the CV, then some critical thing, you know, why did you do this? This is there, a lot of questions. So the general perception is general person, this person, Arlen, Fogel, but in the case of Qutabi discussion, why? Because we killing each other. There is a hatred outside on the same issues. So this is the best opportunity we have to understand each other genuinely, even if we do not agree with one another. So now this is the question time. So first question would be from the stage to setting the example because sometimes we have to complete the topic according to what we are talking about. Uh, Sheikh, uh, Alhamdulillah, thank you very much for your nice uh, presentation here. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Shia school of thought, uh, there is a general perception among Ahli Sunnah that Shia, they do not believe in Sahaba. It's a general perception. We are not talking about the Quran of Allah. And they insult Sahaba according to them because this narration is generally counted by uh, many Sunni ulama who are debaters and monogamy, you know, things like that. Because according to the Shia, they only believe in the four Sahaba, you know. And the remaining Sahaba, Irtadu, they turned away from the faith after the demise of the Prophet So they do insult. However, you clarified, you clarified so many uh, points here and uh, even the finally, but uh, we need your proper response, you know, to this general perception sure. from the Sunnah general perception. And also, and uh, you have to address this reminder as well, only for Sahaba. Sayyidina Abuja, Sayyidina Salman, Sayyidina Ammar, Sayyidina Nakhdaad, remain on the face and the rest of the people who turned away. Um, first of all, we, we do have some narrations that say, Except the, the, mention, the names mentioned by Dr. Uh, Khan. However, these narrations, first of all, they themselves 
they themselves contradict one another. Because some mention four names, other mention seven names, other mention six names. So there's ta'arud in between that. And there's a ta'arud, we can't accept any of This is one. Two, these narrations are mentioned in Al-Ihtijaj by Sheikh Al-Tabrasi, one of our books. Al-Ihtijaj is a book of narrations. It's not a book of opinions. He mentions narrations and ascribes them, ascribes them to Ahlul Bayt. The problem with Al-Ihtijaj <coughs> is that it has no asanid. Al-Tabrasi, in his introduction, he says that I took away the asanid so that the book is is uh, summarized. When he did that, uh, he took away all legitimacy from these narrations because they have no sinad whatsoever. So, and it's even problematic to say this is khabar al-wahid because it then has no sinad as well. Um, another book, Kitab Sulaiman ibn Qais al-Hilali, might mention some of these narrations. Again, this book is very problematic. According to uh, Sayyid al-Khoi, Ayatollah al-Khoi, both of these books or not reliable, and uh, there are several narrations that are mentioned, for example, in in debates in Ijtihad and Taqrib, there's narrations that we need in these books. He says these books are not reliable. Neither Al-Ihtijaj nor Kitab Sulaim ibn Qais al-Hilali. This is an opinion by Asil al-Khoi. Uh, thus, these narrations, to say the least, they are very weak and unreliable. Very weak and unreliable. Plus, Logically, logically, this is not possible. That all of the Sahaba, all of the Sahaba, became murtad except four of his companions. That means Rasulullah didn't do anything. This is an insult to Rasulullah himself, because that means he didn't do anything. He came to a group of people, and as soon as he died, they went back becoming kufar. This is an insult to Rasulullah more than it is to the Sahaba. So logically, this is this is not possible. Sheikh Arafi. Thank you, thank you so much for that honest and open uh, presentation of the position of the at least some of the Shia in relation to the Sahaba. What I, I have made some observations and I want to be very open here. When we talk about Udul and Adala of Sahaba, I think we need to be clear what we understand by the word Adala. Mm-hmm. It's a fitty construct. Mm-hmm. When we say Adala in terms of common human beings, we are talking about people who are sincere, who are genuine, and who are truthful generally. Otherwise, you look at the Islamic Revolution in Iran, the people around Imam Khomeini, they are arguing against each other. Sayyid Khamenei, Sheikh Rafsanjani had feuds. They are both known as great people, but they had disagreements amongst each other. Now, people who support Sayyid Khamenei they say Sheikh Rafsanjani wasn't an adil, and vice versa. I think the Shias need to come out of this very restricted appreciation of what Adala means. Ali in Nahjul Malaka praises the Sahaba of Rasulullah and he condemns his own Sahaba and he says, Aina Amthal, where are the examples of the Sahaba of Rasulullah amongst you, to his people in Kufa? The Quran criticizes the Prophet himself. Yes? The Quran is so harsh in criticizing the Prophet, does that mean that the Prophet was bad? What I'm saying is maybe the Shias need to relook at their whole art of interpretation, hermeneutics, how to understand things. You see, me and my colleagues, I often say to them, what are you doing? This is not the right decision. 
they often come back to me and they say, you haven't made the right decision here. This action was wrong, was not expected from you. It has to be seen within a human framework. So when the Quran criticizes, the Quran is not condemning necessarily. The Quran is very particular on those contexts. You said about Kuntum Khairu Ummatin, it means all of the Ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to the Sahaba in their context. I think this is again very unfair that we say that when Allah is criticizing Sahaba, it means the Sahaba. But when Allah is praising Kuntum Khairu Ummatin, it means the whole of Ummah. We have a yardstick, a standard. Either it's inclusive of all or exclusive of all and inclusive of only those people who are there. So if we're using one standard that the Sahaba are being criticized here, then use the same standard that the Sahaba are being praised here. And that is the way to understand. Everybody has different levels in their lives. Sometimes they do something wrong, next time they do something good. And Allah is praising them and criticizing them accordingly. Now, the tabahiyyat the Sahaba, the sacrifices the Sahaba have given, the muakhat in Medina, the people left everything in Makkah and they migrated. Do you know how grand sacrifice that was? And the people of Medina, when they did muakhat, they actually split everything in half. SubhanAllah, I don't find such a level of altruism within me who has been born into the cradle of Islam even now. I just want to make one last observation uh, before if you can please um, give us some of your um, thoughts. That practically, if we say that no, apart from Salman's Abu Dhar, Mikdad, and uh, for apart from them, the others were also good and nice people, then practically the Shia pulpits do not talk about any Sahabi or their noble examples or take any moral aspects from their Qurbanis, they do not take any riwayah from them. In fact, the Shia public don't even know the names of the Sahaba. Even now, when we talk about Khalifa Abu Bakr, Khalifa Umar, we say Abu Bakr, Umar. When we come to Imam Ali, we say Imam Ali. Yes? They were Khalifas. Why do we not call them Khalifa Abu Bakr, Khalifa Umar? Yes? Today, the president of America is who? What do we call him in the news channel? President Donald Trump. This is his title. I'm just saying, no matter where you go, there is a problem within the Shia mindset that has to be clarified. Now, if the Zoja of Nabi has been exonerated in Surah Al-Nur, then surely the Shia ulama should be saying this, Bibi Aisha, Lady Aisha, she's the wife of our Prophet, and Allah calls her your mother. So she's my mother now. So I'm saying, no matter how we look at this thing, you cannot avoid that we have a certain problem here. And maybe that problem is because our understanding of the Quran is lacking somehow. And as the Sunnis have fallen into the trap, as uh, in the last meeting we had our great friend, what's his name? I keep on forgetting his name. the right name? Doctor? Doctor Farabashi. As he said, we are pushed to a corner because of the Shia. We are giving Sahaba utmost veneration because the Shias are criticizing the Sahaba. I think in the same way, because the Sunni are praising the Sahaba, we have been forced into a corner to become very hypercritical of the Sahaba and find every verse to criticize them. And our, acu- our reading of the Quran is not accurate in that way. These are my thoughts. Sheikh our argument is not purely theoretical. 
It's practical. The Sahaba today, none of them are alive. They're all dead. Uh, when we discuss their adada, we don't want to, we're not praying behind them. We're not giving them our daughters. We're not, they're not present now to have a, our discussion is more practical, not just theoretical to say, are they good or are they bad? We have narrations from the Sahaba. Here, the practical aspect of this discussion is going to be here. We have narrations from the Sahaba. I don't deny that a great deal of them were good and they deserve respect. But there's a practical argument. Their narrations, are they acceptable or are they not acceptable? Otherwise, I'm not giving them a daughter, or I'm not paying behind them, or that I need to worry about, you know, other things. You see what I'm saying? You see. We have narrations from them, Sahih al-Bukhari, and, and, and six of the books of Hadith. I want to see, can I rely on all of the Sahaba, or Ibn Hajar, uh, Ibn Abdul say that, take their narrations without checking their individual, I say no. I say we have to look at each and every single one of their uh, biographies, not just them, <coughs> our narrators. Just our narrators. Just for my own knowledge, forgive me for joking. Uh, we don't apply general ta'adid to the Sahaba. You do. Uh, uh, Practically, in deciphering the ahadith, you have jahr wa ta'adid. No, we don't apply to the Sahaba. We don't no. apply to the Sahaba at all. Just after the Sahaba. Tabi'in, tabi'in. When it comes to the Sahaba, we don't apply at all. This is my question. So, uh, what, what, uh, uh, sorry. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Let, let so the chef complete. Yeah, this is the way of the question. So, this is one. Uh, a great deal of them could be good. I don't deny this. But at the end of the day, I want to see can I accept their narrations or. They're not here any longer. So, their presence doesn't matter to me. But their narrations are present. I want to see. I want to see can I rely on them or not? To say that all of them are doing, I can't accept. It. I have to check. Well, just like I check on the Shia narrators. Just like I check the, the Sahaba of Imam Sadiq, Imam Baqir, the companions. I check their biographies in Al Murjah. I have to check the biographies of Sahaba This is one. Two. Same criteria. I want to see is he reliable or is he not reliable? This is one. Two. كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةِ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ Ibn Kathir, he says this. He says this, this verse is speaking about the Ummah as a whole. This is a, an understanding of his verse. كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةِ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ Also, the verse is speaking as an Ummah, as a whole. If someone were to come in today and says that this group is a good group because they're having the dialogue, does this mean that each individual is a good person? No. As a group, as a group, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةِ as a whole, as a group, not specifically the individuals. We have to be accurate in this. Two, Wa'akhat bin al-Sahaba, I agree, I accept many of them sacrificed. Many of them sacrificed. The, the, especially the Ansar. The Ansar, some narrations say that not only did they divide their wealth, those who had two wives, he would divorce one of his wives. After the Adda, he would allow his brother from the Muhajir. This is great sacrifice. We do not deny this. No one denies this. This is reality. This is true. Also, I have a question. Who began insulting the Sahaba? Who began insulting the Sahaba? We did not begin insulting the Sahaba. We believe that those who began insulting the Sahaba were some of the Sahaba themselves. Some of the Sahaba themselves would insult other Sahaba. And this, is, of course, was wrong. Their actions were wrong. Ali ibn Abi Talib was cursed for 70 years. Who began this? 
Muawiyah to Ibn Sufyan. One Sahabi decides to curse another Sahabi for so many years. This cannot be denied. Was it the Shia that began this tradition? It was began uh, Al-Baladuri in Muawwaj al-Dhahab. He talks about the biography of Uthman and Uthman's uh, actions with some of the Sahaba, namely Ammar bin Yasir. He physically abused Ammar bin Yasir and he heard him in places which I can't speak of now. This is in Al-Baladuri in Muawwaj al-Dhahab. And the words that he used with Ammar bin Yasir towards his mother, Sumayya, who was the first shaheed in Islam. So who instituted uh, lack of respect for the Sahaba? We see that it was them. Also, there are some Sahaba that deserve respect, but they are not given enough respect. Like Abu Talib. Abu Talib, the father of Ali ibn Talib, was among the Sahaba who believed in Rasulullah and who believed in Islam, but there are some that call him a Muslim, and that he died as a kafir. Is this not disrespect to some of the Sahaba? As for Aisha being exonerated, I, I absolutely accept that in, in Ayat al-If, الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا بِالْإِبْكِي I accept that the Qur'an defends the honor of Aisha. And the honor of Rasulullah is a red line. No one can cross that line of the wives of Rasulullah and accuse them of such, such behavior. Those who do, we, we, Shia, before Sunnis, we will speak against them and condemn them. Yes, maybe they disobeyed in another way, such as the rise of Aisha against Imam Ali alayhi salam. That is another story. But a heinous crime like an if, we are the first to speak and say that when, that Aisha is committing this crime. This is disrespectful to us and to Rasulullah before anyone else. Anyone who has respect for Rasulullah has to come and defend Aisha from, from, from such a heinous crime because this is disrespecting Rasulullah's honor and dignity. Uh, Sheikh, before you, Sheikh Arif is there. Yes. I just want to clarify my point. Sheikh, I just want to clarify my point. I'm not talking about from the aspect of Jahu Ta'adil and the Fiti Riwayat. According to that, the Shias don't have any Sahih Riwayat anyway. Even the Muasak Riwayat are handful. If you look at the works of Akhund and Sheikh Ansari, they will say with the strictest methods that the Shia have of Imami and Adil and Fala, 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 we don't have any Sahih Riwayat apart from a very handful of Riwayat. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about general respect. To say this Sahabi fasted like this. This Sahabi went to Rasulullah and asked this question. This Sahabi had tears in his eyes. For example, the Shias lacked that within their teachings. Because growing up as Shias within Shia mosques, there is no mention of the Sahaba. Yes? There is always a negativity about them. I just, I just want to say that, look, I didn't want to make this into a 50 discussion. Shaykh, this is not general... restricted just to the Sahaba. Even no. our own Imams, yeah. we designate 10 nights for Imam Hussein, while some of the other 12 so Imams, I, we barely I, have I, So I just, want to, I just want to point something out. And, and of course, the, if, if one Mufassir says Ummah means everything else, 20 Mufassir are saying Ummah means those people there. So if we can't be picky and choosy and point one out, the one that we like to our point. I'm just asking you a genuine question. Do you feel genuinely, Lillah, Wali Rasulullah, that the time has come where we have to say that we need to revise the way in which we are looking at the sources? Are we doing this in reaction to the Sunnis or are we being very sincere in ourselves? Sunnis have to do the same thing. The Shias have to do the same thing. Both sides have to stop defending themselves and try and come towards the truth. That's all I'm asking. 
I think it's extremely important that we have these dialogues specifically amongst the people. As uh, early on we said, no one has the right of saying who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell. Uh, I, I've seen extremism from both sides of, of what it needs to and what we have such a type of dialogue, <coughs> uh, not within the frame of academia, that how extreme people may interpret it a certain view or a certain point he or she may follow. And that unfortunately then leads to a form of extremism where certain, I'm not saying everyone, but some people may then adhere to killing each other, fighting each other, specifically the Pakistan I'm speaking from. And, and, and that's one thing I say to my Sunni brothers, I say, don't, don't judge all Shia based upon Pakistani Shias. You know, Iranian Shia are different to Iraqi Shia. And I've experienced that myself when I, when I visited Iraq, the hospitality, the, you know, the, 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 the image you have of Shiaism is totally different to what's the reality. So, you know, my point is, isn't it time, and, and, and continue what, what the learned Sheikh said, isn't it a time that we move on or beyond this concept of, you know, speaking about the Sahaba or the Ahlul Bayt? Try to come to a common understanding <coughs> where we have tolerance against each other. Because specifically, I know, you know, some of the points you mentioned, respectfully, I wouldn't agree with. Uh, and, 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 and we could debate on that, uh, whether the of Ibn Kathir, for example. Not everyone with an Ahlul, like for myself, uh, Ibn Kathir is an authority for us uh, amongst Ahl Sunnah. Some Ahl Sunnah accept him as an authority. So, that, you know, it, you know we, we can spend time of debating and having that, that academia argument, but don't you think say that it's time now that we move forward and we leave this 1400 year old difference? And let me, let me say one thing and conclude. Uh, I was invited to Iraq by the, the, the Grand Ayatollah Sayyid Sistani a remarkable individual who I personally hold in high regards as, as, in, as a leader. And, and one of the things I said to uh, the Grand Ayatollah Bashir al-Najafi, when I met him in Najaf uh, Sharif, I said to him, Hazrat, don't you think that the greatest Sunni ulama and, 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 and the greatest Shia scholars, if they have resolved this issue, between the differences between Sunni and Shia. It hasn't been resolved. And I said, Hazrat, do you think you and me here today will be able to resolve that? I said, we won't be able to resolve it. So has I accepted that there must be academic debate and criticism, which you are doing, which is fine. I've got nothing against that. But shouldn't we go further than that and look at building bridges of, 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 of dialogue and looking at things that we agree upon? You know, I was in the Emirates and I was with some Sunni ulama. I'm not saying all of them, but the terminologies they were using towards Shia brothers was very, you know, derogatory, like the Jews, for example. So I, I think from Ahl we have a job <coughs> of challenging that. But I think also from the Shia scholars, like yourself and your, and your honorable fathers, we have to go beyond this rhetoric, I think, and, 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 and move a bit further. These are just my observations. Okay. Just to share because you are the first time. 
Alhamdulillah, in this seminar here. This is the very purpose of this seminar and academic dialogue when it will come to the conclusion. And as a result of this discussion, then we find out the points agreed upon, the point, the differences, how we can work together. And the differences, are they amounting to the Islam and Kufr or just based on which they are? So, so, so we have achieved, you know, a great from all these something or topics here. And inshallah, they will be uh, bridging the gulf and providing giving the uh, foundations for the proper religious harmony, mutual understanding. From the stage, from the stage, another question that I just, uh, just uh, leave it to the flow. Then Sheikh uh, Sajjad is first, uh, then uh, Dr. Uh, Abdul Wahid, the, the next one. Sheikh, one, uh, this is my personal experience. <coughs> Because I uh, went through more than 1,000 Shia sources from Asma'u and the history, the proper. Right. I found that the proper history books and uh, like uh, Sayyid al Khoi, uh, Al Musawi, Hussain al Musawi, before people like that, they show the great respect for the majority of Sahaba. There is no reason. However, there is ikhtilaf. Last time, it was discussed. There must be, we have to understand the Ahlul Sunnah, the difference between ikhtilaf and tohin insult. Insult is something different. When a person doing ikhtilaf, this is not tohin. For example, we also do ikhtilaf. For example, we Hanafis, we follow, you know, in fit issues, the mostly Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud, putting aside the views of Sayyidina Ibn Umar. This is also ikhtilaf, but there is an ikhtilaf is something different. For example, this is very, very important tashri. For instance, according to Jawad Ashiri, one of the very great uh, Shia scholars. Jawad. Uh, Jawad Ashiri. From America. Jawad Ashiri the from the, the brother of the Prophet. The, the brother ah, of the Shari, Prophet. Shari, Shari, yeah. Shari. Yes. Yes. Shari. Yes. What's the proper pronoun? Said Ashiri. Ashiri. Right. The founder of the Sunni. Very, very nice. This book is very nice. The brother of the Prophet. I suggest that both Sunnis as Shia, they have to you know, read it. So according to these people, for example, there is no question about all Sahaba and Sahabiyat who died or martyred during the life of the Prophet. Because it was the time of the Prophethood of Muhammad <coughs> not the Imam of Ali. No question. And there were not only few, not a great number. It means there is a great number of Sahaba, Sahabiyat, properly respected by Shia. This is according to Shia sources. Secondly, coming to those Sahaba who lived far away in Yemen, Bahrain, poor people, laborers, there are thousands and thousands of the people, no question about them. Just still living for earning, spreading, doing tabligh, these people, nothing to do what was going on within Medina. Very poor people. No question. According to the sources, <coughs> all of them, they were respected. There are thousands, imagine more than 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, maybe. These people were respected here. Even uh, Shia people, they don't know. The majority of the, uh, you know, Sahaba, according to their Muhakikin, they, you know, retain respect. Thirdly, the Sahaba who sided back Imam Ali fought under his banner and martyr, obviously they have been respected. Many of them like 
but Hazrat Adibin Atam Tai, Hazrat Abu Ayyub Ansari, and many other, you know, Hazrat Ibn Abbas himself as well. And coming to the other category, for example, the, who cited Khulafa, however, there is a criticism with respect. Criticism with respect. In other words, according to Shia sources, you know, they denote the majority of Sahaba deserving the proper respect. But the question is that, the question is that in the practical, in majalis, in malahis of Shia school of thought, we don't see this archetype of the thing reflecting the majalis. Right. What would you say? It may be rectified or something lacking, or what's your interpretation? I agree that in, you know, in general practice, the Sahaba are not greatly mentioned. Uh, not many of the Sahaba, although although there are a great deal that are mentioned on the Jalis, uh, they're exonerated. For example, Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari, one of the great Sahaba that was exonerated. Uh, Juwaybir, uh, I believe he was an African or, or maybe from Ethiopia, who Rasulullah ordered him to marry, marry one of the women from Al-Ansar. Hulaifat uh, ibn Yaman. There are several of the Sahaba that we do mention. Yes, I, I, I do admit that we have shortcomings towards a great deal of the Sahaba. Just like we have, you know, shortcomings towards some of our Imams, as I mentioned. <coughs> a lot of Shias and a lot of Bayt, they say that we have 12 Imams, but we rarely discuss them. We only discuss Imam Hussein Ali and we give them a lot of emphasis. So uh, it's not just a bias against the Sahaba, we have a bias against some of our own, our own Imams. We only mention them one or twice a year while Imam Hussain is given more attention. Uh, this is more of a practical, you know, practical problem of why don't we do this, I guess, you know. By the Something way, should be done about it. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. We already discussed and uh, you missed the session, alhamdulillah. Okay. From the Sunnah side, exempting, uh, we generally call it for your information, <laughs> Sufi school of thought or Brailwish school of thought, or from some other sides, exempting from this school of thought, from the Sunnah, rest of the people and the groups, they do not mention Ahlul Bayt and their Fadai, which have been established by Imam Bukhari, At-Tirmazi, Muatta, Abu Dawood, Kutub al-Siha, and the other Kutubs not mentioned. One of the Salafi uh, Ahlul Hadith scholar from Pakistan, Sheikh Muhammad Ishaq, who passed away, he started to rectify, excluded from his own <laughs> So this is another thing. Yeah. Not talking about Bahadur Bayi. So from the both sides, I think this is the best time we have to rectify. So rectification, correction is needed. Sheikh Sajad, Sheikh yeah. Muhammad Sajad, he is you know, Khatib and Imam of Tehram Islam, was one of the grandmas of the So Quran is Adil, and when Quran criticizes, it does not exclude anyone else, even the prophets. And I think Quran does not exclude Arul Bayt from criticism. Forget this, Hazrat Ali anhu, did not insult any prophet. Imam Hassan Imam Hussain did not uh, insult 
any profit, any Sahaba, any Sahabi, Shia people, they follow Hazrat Ali. We follow him as well. If we or all Shia follow Hazrat Ali, yeah, then there is no katl between Muslims. Sahabas are dead and son is still alive. So this is a big problem among the humans, among Muslims. Jews insulted Hazrat Isa al-Islam. They insulted Hazrat Isa al-Islam. They were killed in 1945 at the Holocaust. When humanity realized, Jews and Christians realized, they stopped it. Yeah, they are friend now. So if we stop this insertification so process yes, yes, started there. Yeah. <laughs> stop this kind of insult, the Barna Lana. This Lana is Lana and Ummah. We are killing each other. And our enemy they, they call us, they gave us name super people that fighting each other. So the both extreme sides. Are uh, very very uh, wrong. I think both extreme sides are wrong. Come to the middle, yeah. And uh, Shia and Sunni, they are all Muslim, yeah. They need to correct themselves. Doctor Wahid from the back. Samahat to say thank you very much for your presentation. But I think for clarifying the Shia position with respect to the Sahaba, we need to clarify some important questions. Um, we need to differentiate between ma'na lughawi and ma'na istilahi for Sahaba. Because the Quran, when it discusses the notion of Sahaba, it mentions it in many, many places. There is no istilahi use of the concept of Sahaba, because this is something that comes after the Prophet Muhammad. It is an institution that has been resurrected, created by Muslims. The definitions we give of who a Sahabi is and who isn't a Sahabi. So, from the Shi'i perspective, we need to clarify what is the Shi'i meaning of Sahaba, istilah, not Lugan, because that's a debate. We need to be very clear. Second of all, I think you hinted at this very important issue, and that is that the notion of Sahaba from the Shi'i perspective needs to be seen from the light of Makhuzul Hidayah. Because Al Al Assume all of the Sahaba were great. The issue of whether they are praised or criticized is subsidiary. It's not important. The issue is, can we take the deen from them? That is the issue. That is the real important question that separates Ahlul Sunnah from Ahlul Tashayyid. Right? So the Shia do not accept that we can rely on the power of Sahaba as Hujjah. Right? So this is something that we need to say clearly without saying that this is multazimun lissab of tawheed. No, there's no multazim there. Okay? With regards to the issue of, because this seems to be coming up again and again, of insult and uh, these, these very unfortunate things, sometimes the Ahlul Khilaf, they think that this is part of our aqidah, that you have to do this. We have to be very clear that this is a cultural phenomenon, which starts really from... Safawiyah, from the Safawid period. It is not part of the religious discourse. And we mentioned in our Ali, Imam Ali says in Lahtul Balada, uh, لا, لا أحب أن تكون أن من Right? 
It's got nothing to do with the religion at all. It is a complete separate thing. Now, the fact that it happens, of course, we admit that it happens, it needs to be stopped. And the fuqaha have a responsibility here. They have to come out and make it a religious issue and say it is against the religion that people do this. So these are just a couple of points. Uh, I think we can thank you. This is a very important point, exactly like uh, Sunni ulama last time, after a long uh, process of uh, question answers, and uh, they realized this need to readdress because of the some problems. Yes, uh, and, and you know the people who have attended. A lot of problems. Then that was this year that we have to reinterpret and relook at this rule. And uh, now, yes, br uh, brother, your name? No, my name is Noor Muhammad. May yes. I just introduce him to the group? So this is Sheikh Noor Muhammad, who is now the Imam of Juma of the main Shia center in Birmingham. So he's recently moved here, and so it's an honor for us to, to have this opportunity. Most welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, Ron. Uh, let me take Samahat Saeed for this uh, wonderful presentation Thank you. and also for wonderful questions and comments. My observation and comment will also invite the organizers of this important program. But I'm not sure in the last session whether it was done or not to try to compile a report so that we are able to send it to the Greek scholars for the review of some of the important issues. I think um, we need to go back to the basics when it comes to the discussion regarding the Sahaba of the Holy Prophet. Among Sunnis and Shias, there are a lot of different opinions. Now, if I may give you a few examples. When you look at the whole question of the Adalat of Sahaba, Scholars such as Ghazali, Suyuti, even Hajar al-Asqalani, they all have different opinions as to what constitutes Adalat al-Sahaba. Same way when you come to the ulama of When you come to the meaning of Sahaba itself, there are so many opinions among the scholars. If I may give some examples here, Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, his definition of Sahaba is more or less like what Imam Bukhari mentioned in his book. For example, if you come to Yahya ibn Uthman ibn Salih, Misri, he has also a very different definition of who Sahaba is, which is totally different from what Imam Ibn Hanbal mentioned, and of course, um, Bukhari. Abu Ya'la Farah, he also has a different opinion of who is a Sahaba. And you can go on and go on and go on. Same way you have Firka Kamelia who are of the view that Sahaba, all of them are Kufar. So I think we need to go back to the basics as scholars of this beautiful religion to start looking at these terminologies. As Doc mentioned, the whole question of Ma'ana Sahaba, Estelahan. We need to look at into those issues. And of course, like what you mentioned and also Samati Shakarif mentioned, what do you mean by saying God criticize the Holy Prophet. We need to come back to ask ourselves, what is the meaning of the word criticism? And what sort of criticism are we talking about here? And what is the consensus among the Muslim scholars when it comes to the personality of the Holy Prophet? 
And what is the consequence of saying that the Holy Prophet is criticized by God Almighty in Quran? So we need to look at some of these terminologies and how we put them in public domain. And finally, when you look at Shias, as you rightly mentioned, we focused more on Ahlul Bayt And we normally discuss the biographies of Ahlul Bayt. Same way when you go to the Sunnis, they don't speak of all the Sahaba. They speak about Sahaba, no doubt, unlike the Shias. But there are specific Sahaba which they speak more of them. In fact, my personal experience tells me that sometimes we speak more of the Sahaba compared to the way we speak of the Holy Prophet of Islam. So my question is to Samahat Sayyid, what is so important about Sahaba that we need to discuss it and understand it thoroughly? Because Dr. mentioned, whatever we take from them, is it Hujja or is not Hujja? If it's not Hujja, then there is no need for such a discussion. We can just continue to say, let us take Quran, the Holy Prophet, and Sahaba, we respect them. But if they are Hujja, what is the Shia standing point when it comes to this? And speaking about what practically transpired, does it do the concept of peaceful coexistence stop us from doing that or not? And where do we fit in some of those verses of glorious? Thank you, Shaykhna Shaykh. Shaykh Noam. And Dr. Wahid, Jazakallah is This is the point that I was trying to get at with Sabah uh, al-Shaykh Arif. That the Sahaba are not here today. When we discuss the Sahaba, why are we discussing the Sahaba? Is because we want to see the Sahaba had a certain madhab. Uh, they had certain opinions. For example, قول amin for salah, al-sakatu for salah, taking away hayya ala khir al-amal in salah, not saying bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim with a loud voice. This is madhab al-Sahabi. These are a bunch of uh, you know ijtihadat from the Sahaba. The point is that if we prove adalat al-Sahaba, or we don't. It was, it's going to have a direct effect on, depending on Madhab al-Sahabi. If I prove that, for example, all of the Sahaba or Badul, I have to also prove that they have the right to legislate. That, that they have al-Sulta al-Tashri'iyyah. They have the right to legislate. Then I will come to see if uh, Amr ibn Khattab <coughs> legislated Isra law or Uthman ibn Affan or others. That, that is why this discussion is so important. It's not because of historical figures and we want to see, you know, do these historical figures deserve respect or not respect? No, it's beyond that. It's a matter of faith and religion. It's a matter of fiqh. It's a matter of can we rely on the Sahaba fi qawl al-Sahabi wa madhab al-Sahabi? Can we rely on their traditions, their ahadith or not? This is the whole point. It comes back. Sheikh Arif was saying that it's not necessarily a perspective of uh, I say that a, a big, you know, per, one of the major purposes of this, this, this discussion is because at the end of the day, I want to 
Obey Allah Azza wa Jal. I have a fiqh that I want to obey. Dr. Wahid says that are they masab al-hidayah? Meaning, can we receive guidance from the Sahaba? That's the whole purpose of this discussion. Can I say that qawla, can I, I, I want to discover qawla sahabi hujjah or muhujjah? That's the whole purpose of this discussion. Let me comment. Actually, uh, one point needs to be clarified. And when I finished, uh, I request my <coughs> brothers or sisters who want to put the question forward, uh, please be brief and concise because that time is uh, uh, on very rapidly to so expand. Can I give a small reply to Salah uh, Yes. Uh, as for Ihana and Sabda Sahada or Lahna Sahada, again, let me come back to, to say that not all Shia are one. Not all the Shia are one. In fact, the Shia themselves are divided on this topic. We have Shia that can testify to this. We have Shia that disagree on the topic of Sahaba. Should there be la'an for some of the Sahaba who were proven to be hypocrites or not? This is a matter of controversy between us. We argue between ourselves or others. However, I can tell you from, from my ishtihad, from my understanding of the verses and from the narration, that Seb is not allowed. Seb is not allowed. We do have a narration, Sahihat, um, Dawood ibn Shaheen, I believe, or uh, Dawood ibn Hassan, I forgot. I give an entire lecture on the month of Ramadan. The hadith, supposedly, allegedly, that Rasulullah stated, إِذَا ظَهَرَ أَهْلُ الْبِدَعْ مِنْ بَعْدِي فَأَكْثُرُ مِنْ سَبِّهِمْ وَأَكْثُرُ الْوَقِيعَةَ فِيهِمْ I said, hold on a second, let's study this hadith. This hadith is not acceptable, even if it's called sahih. With a thousand scholars call it sahih. The Quran says, وَلَا تَسُبُّوا if a hadith contradicts the Quran, فَضْرُبُوهُ عَرْضُ الْجِدَابِ We can't accept this principle. Yeah. Imam Ali alayhi salam would say, أَكْرَهُ لَكُمْ In the battle of Safin, he told his companions, Hujr ibn Adi and others, when they were speaking about the camp of Mu'awiyah, أَكْرَهُ لَكُمْ أَنْ تَكُونُ قَوْمًا Mention their qualities. What do not curse. This is my this is my understanding of the school of thought of Ahlul Bayt. If scholars like you, then there is no problem. <laughs> yes, uh, my brother is social media. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the big problem. problem. Can I tell you something? Some of those scholars that you're talking about, they will curse me before they curse you. <laughs> 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 they will curse you before they curse you. We don't understand it. Actually, this is important uh, for this. I'm coming to Sheikh Abu Jafar. Sheikh Abu Jafar is waiting restlessly. But please uh, keep it in your mind because <clears throat> for Ahlul Sunnah, for Ahlul Sunnah, this is not a big problem from your side. That's whether Shia officially taking riwayah from Sahaba or not. Yeah. Even if, even if you decide here, there is a respect for Sahaba being as the companions of the Holy Prophet. But on such and such basis, we don't take riwayah from them. We have to stick with Ahlul Bayt, still acceptable to Ahlul Sunnah not taken as the sign of insult or one. The problem is that, the problem is that when there is a sub, when the cursing is coming, then this is the big problem. That's why we are talking here to understand from the proper scholars like you, what's the proper original Shia Masab is about uh, Sahaba. So this is you know, lesser important that you are taking narration or not. I do understand they are al-arwat al-mushtarakun. They are, you know, same, you know, reward from Shias and from Sunnis, including Sahaba as well. 
including Sahara. But this is not a problem. The problem is only you know, sub and insult, abusive language. This is only the big problem. If this is stopped, you know, then, then uh, Sheikh Abu Jafar is very restless if you think that Then you are next. Sheikh Abu Jafar. Thank you very much Sayyid, for your presentation. And, uh, I don't want to go have any uh, question, but I agree with what Sheikh uh, Arif has suggested and what Sheikh Noor and others have said, that this platform should write a report every time to, to send it to our Maradia, very important, especially Shia Maradia, because I think we have a big problem here. The Shias, we have allowed the Madahin and Wars, I don't know what you call them in English. Preachers. Preachers, Preachers, We have given them our pulpit, all the pulpit of Rasulullah. So they are speaking to our common people. So to come here and blame why Shias did not remember the Sahabas, while we know the problem, that with one fatwa of Sayyid Sistan or El Marja, to prohibit those that are here, not to speak those kind of words, is it enough? Yes. So I believe that if we can write a report, especially from this institute, officially in our own names, with signatures, that we want our Marja to stop Madahin, not to curse, and not to say things that it is against the Shia law. They have to speak good about these harbors. Is not going to be stopped. So, um, I believe that this should be taken seriously and practically. Otherwise, we'll meet here and meet. The Maraja themselves. We're being honest. I want to be honest with you. I don't want to conceal anything from you. The, the Maraja themselves, they are divided on this stuff. There are some that uh, they, they would not agree with me and that they, they have a negative perspective on great deal of the Sahaba. And there are others that are completely on the other side, and there are some moderate ones. There are some moderate ones. Today, there are some Grand Maraja that have forbidden some the Sahaba. As a tahreem, they give a fatwa. For example, Sayyid Khamenei in Iran, they give a tahreem on some the Sahaba of, of, of the Sahaba and the Wabi Rasulullah. And uh, one of our most prominent Maraja, formerly, one of our greatest by the name of Sayyid Mahdi Bahr al Ulum. Sayyid Mahdi Bahr al was in Najah uh, maybe two centuries ago. And he's known for his Rajal Bahr al Ulum. He has a verse of poetry regarding Sayyidah Aisha. He says, Aya Ummah. Sheikh Aq was saying that we, we should get the Shia to say that and a great deal of our respected scholars, they do. For example, in Iraq, we had a well-known uh, orator who at the time had no competition whatsoever. And Dr. Ahmed Al-Wa'i, Sheikh Ahmed Al-Wa'i, I don't know if any of you heard of him. Sheikh Ahmed Al-Wa'i was, was the top orator of his time in Iraq. He had utmost respect. Whenever he would mention the wives of Rasulullah, he would say, Ummahat al-Mu'mini. Sayyid Mahdi Bahr al he has a verse of poetry regarding Aisha. He says, Aya Ummah, Sabbuki Muharramu. This is for the sake of Rasulullah who we will honor a thousand people, not just one person. For the sake of Rasulullah, we have to honor him. 
حياء الله سبحانه محرم لاجل عين الف عين There's uh, the best sentence we have, we, we must be fair here, and Alhamdulillah, Sheikh is here with us today. In the same way, the other side should have to realize the same. Because yeah. there is an insult, we know insult of Ahlul Bayt. Imam Hussein, Imam Ali, Sayyidah Fatima, right? Even back in, I must say, this is my Imam, back in Yazid, this is another form of the insult of Ahlul Bayt. We have to know that this is another big problem within us as well, not only on the that side. Uh, uh, Dr. Wahid is uh, before you, uh, Dr. Ayman, and you are after. Yeah. I think we, we have to also differentiate one very important uh, point about the, the practices of the Shia ulama from the earliest times to the modern times. I'm talking about ulama, forget everybody else. There is a big difference between Sab and La'an on one side. And Atta'an on the other hand. So if you look at our books, in our books of Kalam, we have Atta'an fi The difference here is, Sab and La'an is a form of character assassination. It's personal, it's insulting. And this is, of course, not enough. Question here is, that if the Sunni side understand the notion of Ta'an being with respect to actions that these individuals performed, then uh, an intelligent person, even Ahlul Khilaf, will say a ta'an should be allowed in the sense that we should be looking at each and individual person and assessing whether what they did was right or what they did was wrong, without sun and without la'an. Right? Of course, many of the, uh, the Sunnah wa Jama'ah will say that when uh, Hazrat Aisha went on the Battle of Jamal, akhta'at. She was saying, this is ta'an. Right? It's not sun, it's not la'an. So this degree of critical scrutiny is not condemned mm-hmm. on both sides. And hopefully this is something we can come well, to an agreement yeah, yeah. Well, they said, well, they said they have so many so like, good points we will be together. As you mentioned the matter of Jabal, not only Ahli Sunnah said, Umur Mu'minin Sayyidah Aisha herself, later on she admitted, and this is on the record, undeniable, and uh, she akhtaat. I made a big mistake and she always cried, weeping, that's on the record. And uh, Hazrat uh, Zubair bin Al-Awam, he left the battlefield, realizing that Ali was on the right side, and especially, you know, experience looking at uh, Sayyidina Umar bin Yasser in his camp, according to the prediction of the Prophet. And also Sayyidina Talha, he left also the battlefield on the same ground. All these things have to be addressed by the Sunnah. Because this is the point of the collection. Now, Dr. M. First, just a small clarification. Thank you for the presentation. The the point that you mentioned about, like, you know, all the verses of Tawbah, Sahaba, and, like, you know, they have made mistakes. No one can deny this. No one can deny this. But the thing is that, is Tawbah 
in itself mean that the person committed a mistake that makes them not happy? I think I'll, I'll go back to the word that Sheikh Arif mentioned. The Prophet himself said, so Tawbah here does not necessarily mean that the, 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 the sin that they have committed would take them out of the world. This is just a clarification. The other point, which, you know, and excuse me to say that the level that we are talking at is very low. We are talking about not insulting. This is very low to talk about. And again, because I, I think that Sheikh Arif, like, you know, he said got misunderstood because I'm trying to assert the same thing. We are, like, I don't know about the Pakistani community, like, you know, like back in, back in Pakistan, but for example, when Dr. Khalid said that on the other side, the same thing has to be applied to Ahl Sunnah about Ahl Bayt. I can never think of a person in the same mind who talks ill of, of like Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, for example, or uh, Sayyidina Fatima Zahra Like True Sunni, you can say true Sunni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but like, if you talk, you cannot mention a, a big portion of them, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, in my class when I was studying, like, for example, and it hurts me even to, to use this as a proof. I'd say, like, the name Muhammad was the most name used, then Ali, and then Al Hassan, and Al Hussein, as, as names. Mm -hmm. So it's not because, like, for example, I'm from Egypt, not because we are Sunni Muslim. It means, like, I hate to put it as, like, you know, Sahaba versus Ahlul Bayt. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, the case is not that at all. So that's why I say like the level that we're talking about is very low. Not insulting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran ordered the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the came in the city of Ibn Abbas and the companion not to insult the idols and the people who you know worship the idols and the people who worship the idols and the people who and the Prophet Muhammad allowed it at the beginning so if we are ordered not to insult those who worship a cow or a, a rat, the, the, this is an order from Allah to the Prophet Muhammad So when we talk at the level not to insult and cast, are we likening them to the same order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about those who worship someone other than Allah? So the, 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 the level here is very low. And we are talking about, when I talk about Sayyidina Ali, and this is not... I don't want to say that I respect Al-Bayt because it's like saying, you know, I'm a good Muslim because I pray. No, you cannot be a Muslim without praying. Like, you know, like the, the, the criteria here is like, you know, the criterion that we are using is, is very low. No, I, I never said like Sayyidina Hassan. The same way I say Sayyidina Muhammad, what do I say? Sayyidina Hassan, Sayyidina Hussein, Sayyidina Fatima, those who visited Egypt and know about Egypt and other, they would know how much, like, you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the Ahl Bayt and are respected. So, what I'm trying to say is the point that Sheikh Arif mentioned is talking about. I mean, when I studied poetry, the first I studied was the Imam Ali. You know, when I talk about children in Islam, the first thing that comes to mind how the Prophet did with Al Hassan and Al Hussein. So the, 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 the literature should be there. If the literature is there, people will know, and this is part of, of, of like, you know, their life. 
mean, I don't want to take that much of the time, but again, <laughs> in one word, in one word, talking about the Sahaba from the point that the doctor mentioned in an academic atmosphere is different from the way we apply it in our life and how the public perceive it. Because the problem that we have right now, the public are more effective in it than the scholars. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the point in an academic setting, it's a different thing. But if the norm, if the culture, if the literature that's available to the people mentions the Sahaba عليهم, and the, thing, the good things that they have they, they would grow up showing respect. You don't have to tell them, be respectful of the Sahaba. You know, because again, it's and you can be brief. Yeah, yeah. So you know, th that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are no more points to be to be mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I said to Sheikh Jazakumullah I definitely agree that talking about uh, insulting and it took us somewhere else. It took yes. us way, way Why? lower. Um, I was hoping that this discussion would have a maybe because of my personal background and my personal interest that it has a juristic twist. I thought he could. Because it's not so much aqa'id. The belief in, in Sahaba is not so much in aqa'id. Because it doesn't affect a person's aqa'id. Aqa'id is believing in Ashhadu Allah, Allah, and Allah, and Muhammad, and Rasulullah. You're a Muslim. The result of this debate has to bring us back to, to you know, a juristic discussion. And I would that, say, say, just because say, at the end of the day, we have to. Yeah. At the end of the day, I want to see who do I take my fiqh from. Let's let's leave uh, cursing and seven and all that. As you said, it's a lower discussion. I want to see who should I take my fiqh from because obviously I know there was khilaf between the Sahaba and Ahlul Bayt. I know there was a khilaf between Ali ibn Abi Talib and Umar ibn Khattab. If Umar ibn Khattab or any of the Sahaba for example, they tell me salah should be done this way. And Ali ibn Abi Talib tells me salah should be done in another way. Who's, whose opinion should I take? This is my this is the discussion that will influence me as a jurist in fiqh. I want to see, can I rely on, for example, the narration of Abu Hurairah that says, for example, Rasulullah performed his salah this or that way. Can I rely on Abu Hurairah? Or just because he's a sahabi, I take him for granted. For me, it's a... Uh, it's not a matter of sab or la'an or respect. We're above them. It's a matter of fiqh. Who do I take my faith from, my religion from? Knowing that there was a khtila. No, but we're naive to say that they were all the same. No. That they were sahaba, that they had uh, certain opinions in fiqh. And the Ahbit had certain opinions in fiqh. That's why our prayers are different. In, to some degree. To some degree. For example, in, in Maghrib. At the time we go to Maghrib, do we cross our hands or we do not cross our hands? These are just examples. Who do we rely on? Who do we rely on? That's, that's, for me, this is the important question. Can I rely on the Sahabi or do I have to rely on the bait? And if they disagree, whose opinion is more? Can I ask a follow-up question, Dr. Sheikh al I think maybe he's been misunderstood. So if I could, yeah? Uh, I, I think it's very, very well to say And I think that's taken on board. And even in the previous session, the um, majority of the Ahlul Sunnah here was saying again, and um, you know, the istilahi discussion of Sahaba is again exclusively fi Baba Even we had this discussion last time from our colleagues from the Ahlul Sunnah. 
Uh, so you've given us a similar uh, discussion about how this stuff technically, from the perspective of the fuqah and the ulama, is, is practical implications of fiqh. The concern which I think has been raised is saying, okay, this is the position of the ulama, very justified and appropriately dealing with this in this perspective. However, there's a real, arguably even greater practical impact Okay, in terms of how these things are being relayed in public culture. Yeah. And, and this is what I believe um, Sheikh Emil is asking us to think of. Is there some other way to address this? Now? So, so he's asking us to go beyond your paper. Your paper was very clear. Yeah. And I, I also benefited from the problem. Yeah. Okay? So he's, I, I understood it. Is there some way to go beyond? Okay, now how do we deal with the cultural issue on the ground, outside of the ulama? Is there something ulama can do to deal with that issue? Yes. The session is coming, inshallah, how to transfer all these things, what we have achieved by discussing on all, you know, sensitive, controversial issues before us. And we achieved a lot here. So the both sides should be transferred, disseminated to the public for so that the problem would be reduced and the religious harmony and mental understanding should be very well. Yes. Now I will request uh, Sheikh Al Fozi now his turn. <coughs> Uh, while we are talking about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sahaba Prophet, I remember Sayyidina Malik ibn Anas radiallahu anhu Allah while he was willing to do or to talk about hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu he used to make ghusl and walk like a walk salat and put a perfume and sitting relaxed and get ready to talk to the people about Rasulullah and of course while he is talking about Hadith he used to talk about Sahaba so the respect of Sahaba it's from respect of Rasulullah uh, just to clarify something with the, that there is difference between Asma and Adal. The other point is regarding to the verse that uh, 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 Sayyid uh, mentioned. Inna ladina jāu bi ifta qaswatun minkum la tahsabuhu khayran lakum bahu shayran lakum bahu khayran lakum. And the, the, the Sahaba that did zina and kharib and munafiqeen and some other things. We don't want to take part of ayah of hadith or part of ayah and stop it. We have to take till the end, take all the text. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he talked about al uh, ifk and he said in the end, Yaidukumullahu and Ta'udu ni mithli in kuntum mini. And while we talk about zina, we remember while they uh, did had on Ramidiyya and some of the blood came on the cloth of Sayyidina Umar and uh, he showed like he, he disliked it and Rasulullah said لَقَدْ تَوْبَتْ فَسْلَوْكُ السِّمَتْ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ لَوَسِعَكُمْ 
النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول التوبه تجب ما قبلها والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال والله اني لا استغفر الله واتوب اليه في اليوم 70 مره او 100 مره regarding to killing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَإِنْ طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اقْتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمْ فَإِنْ بَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى فَقَاتِلُوا الَّتِي تَهْمِنِي حَتَّى تَفِيءَ إِلَى أَمْرِ اللَّهِ فَإِنْ فَاءَتْ فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا بِالْعَدْلِ وَأَقْسِطُوا إِنَّ اللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ فَهَذَا لَا يَنْفِي this لا ينفي معنى الإيمان عن الصحابة رضوان الله عليهم. لقالوا إنتوا نفاق ومن أهل المدينة مرضوا على النفاق. وقال الله سبحانه وتعالى سبت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تعلموا. نحن نعلم. سئف رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. He doesn't know them. So how can we know them or just think who they are? So we have to leave everything as it is and deal with it as the previous mu'mineen and sahaba deal with it. The last point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to us to call non-Muslims. اليهود والنصارى. أن الله سبحانه وتعالى سبحانه القرآن قل يا أهل الكتاب تعالوا إلى كلمة سواء بيننا وبينكم ألا نعبد إلا الله ولا نشرك به شيء ولا يتخذ بعضنا بعضا أربابا من دونه. أن الله سبحانه وتعالى سبحانه وتعالى سبحانه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أن الصحابة لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم أن تبروهم وتبسطوا إليهم إن الله يحب المسطين هذا شأن اليهود والنصارى فما بالنا نحن المسلمون نعبد ربا واحد ونقرأ كتابا واحد ونؤمن بنبي أو نأخذ من نبي واحد ونتجه تجاه قبلة واحد ولا يزال بيننا المسميات والشعارات والرايات وهذا يتفق فينا قول قول الله تبارك وتعالى كل حزب بما لديهم كل حزب بما لديهم فرحون اما يكفينا is it not مسلم وورد الله سبحانه وتعالى سد انبهاف ابراهيم عليه السلام هو سماكم المسلمين من قبل وفيها كلمة مسلم is more 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 than enough there is no Muslim Sunni there is no Muslim Diubandi there is no Muslim Brahmi there is no Muslim Shi'i there is no Muslim it's just Muslim this is the good advice yes the most point very very important to mention that brother said in in last answer to Sheikh Ayman that we are above sab walam sahaba. We are we just want to know from who we should take our help. No, we are not here for this. هذا كلام العوام. 
we are here to agree about something, to show it for the public, and how we should come together, because we are here, and millions and millions of Muslims, they are fighting each other, it's not because of fur, it's because of sahabas, and because of sahabas and land. Open YouTube, millions, all mankind are watching YouTube, watching from Sunni side and Shia side, and watch the, the videos, and see how they are swearing each other. It's not because of fiqh. It's because of sabba and la'an and because of respecting for sahaba and rasulullah. Al-Hadara al-Islamiyya al-Qaddamat. The Islamic civilization improved and it was very, very great 100 years ago or 200 years ago while we were respecting each other and we should, and while we were understanding each other, but as soon as we are fighting each other, look to what's happening in Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Yemen, it's not because of fiqh, it's because of Sahaba, and because of that, because of our enemy give us names. Yeah. This is Azhari, and this is Sunni, and this is Duvani, and this is Shi'i, and this is Brahmi, and this is this, which is. So this is the time we have to relook all these points. Now coming to Sheikh Ayaz, we are waiting for a long time. Please remember now we are coming to the conclusion. And uh, yes. In the entire verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praising his father, mentioning his specific sifat, which is commonly found in the Quran. And towards the end, he also makes mention that he is the leader of the Quran. Referring again to this Mansur for the Sahaba, the Lord shows hatred. So, this is not mentioned in the Quran very clearly. The second question we give us is that as far as the Ummah of Mumin are concerned, are they part of Ahlul Bayt? Since they are very traditional, they should be also part of the same family, Ahlul Bayt. We should consider all Ummah of Mumin as part of Ahlul Bayt, I think, in my opinion. And finally, as far as your fiqh point of view, which you are really mentioning, that the English should have been taken fiqh. So, what I want to understand that Sahaba are the media. Quran was revealed to unto whom? Nabi Sallallahu but whom it was addressing? Who are those people that are present? Are the entire Sahaba community? And we take, if we don't take fiqh from them, or we don't take, consider them to be reliable, then they are the witness to the to the proof and to the indeed. So uh, there might be certain Sahaba whom we don't take you know, fiqh, but majority eventually we have to the Sahabi. Because he's the witness there. There's no Tabi'in. Tabi'in is the who came after the Sahaba. Uh, may I ask for the first uh, regarding uh, Ayat Muhammad Rasulullah? Um, yes, you're right, but at the, at the same time, the verse is speaking about a specific group, not not all groups. As I mentioned in the, in the presentation, that whoever has these qualities, two, the Sahaba and Nabi are they from Ahlul Bayt or they are not from Ahlul Bayt? There are some Shia and scholars believe that they are not from Ahlul Bayt. 
Ahl al-Bayt are specifically Muhammad, Ali, Wa Fatima, Wa Hassan, Wa Hussein. And in the verse, Inna Allah Although the verse is speaking about the wives of the Prophet before or after, with the Bamiya Kulna, Yanisa and Nabi men this verse becomes We believe it's not speaking regarding the wives of the Prophet, but rather the five that we mentioned. And there are several Sunni scholars that attest to this as well. As for the fiqh, uh, yes, this is a this is an, an idea that is that is proposed that if we do not accept the adala of, of the Sahaba, then how do we accept fiqh? Number one, we do not cross out all of the Sahaba. We accept some of the Sahaba. We accept Abdullah bin Abbas. We accept Ibn Mas'ud. This is one. Two, we have Ali bin Abi Talib. Are you relying on Ahlul Bayt? And the, the fiqh of Rasulullah has been passed on to us for Ahlul Bayt. So this ishkan, this problem is not a problem for us as long as the Ahlul Bayt are there. But at the same time, I do not negate that a great deal of our fiqh has come from Habr al-Ummah, Ibn Abbas, Ibn Mas'ud. So there is a point for just the, the question. Shah Saab, Sayyid al Rafiq and Shah Saab, Mashallah, the great سبسے پہلے تو میں آپ کا شکریہ ادا کرتا ہوں آپ نے یہ محفظ سجائی ہے کہ کم از کم دوستوں کے یہ علم میں ہونا چاہیے کہ اس قسم کی محفلیں یہ جز وقتی اقدار میں نہیں ہیں نماز وغیرہ کی طرح کل وقتی قدروں میں شامل ہیں ہمیشہ ہونی چاہیے یہ نہیں وقت کا ضرورت ہے وقت کا تقاضا ہے اچھا دوسری بات یہ ہے کہ یہاں پہ تین چیزیں ہیں ایک سب و شتم ایک صحابہ کی عدالت ہے اور تیسرا یہ ہے کہ کوئی متفقہ لایا عمل کرنا مڈل پہ انسان کے اقوال افعال اس کے جذبات پہ منتج ہوتے ہیں اس کے جذبات سے پیدا ہوتے ہیں جذبات انسان کے علم پہ مبنی ہوتا ہے یعنی کسی اگر انسان کو آپ برا سمجھتے ہیں جان لیتے ہیں کہ یہ میرے ہاتھ میں یا جس چیز کے ساتھ میں انتہائی جذباتی ہوں اس کے ہاتھ میں یہ برا ہے تو یہ ممکن نہیں کہ آپ اس کے ہاتھ میں اچھے جذبات یا اس کی رسپیکٹ کر سکیں وہ علیحدہ بات ہے کہ حالات کے جبر سے ایک منٹ سر یہ اعلان ضروری ہے یہ دس از ا کار دس از ا بلاکنگ دا حالات کے جبر سے وقت یا تقاضے نہیں رہتے کسی مسرت کی بنا پہ اگر کوشش کی جائے کسی شخصیت یا کسی جماعت کے بارے میں تو وہ ایک علیحدہ بات ہے لیکن یہ حتمی ہے کہ کسی شخصیت کو آپ کے علم میں آ گیا کہ وہ برے ہیں اور وہ اپنی ذاتی کیے اپنے آپ پہ وہ برے نہیں ہیں برے اس طرح ہیں کہ جو میرا میسج ہے جو جس چیز کا مجھ سے تعلق ہے یہ اس کے لیے نقصان دہ ہیں میرے گھر کے لیے نقصان دہ ہیں میری جذباتی وابستگی کے لیے نقصان دہ ہیں تو اس کے بارے میں عزت والے جذبات نہیں پیدا ہو سکتے تو اب یہ یعنی سب و شتم سے بات لینے کے لیے سب و شتم کو کم کرنے کے لیے کیا ہے کہ ہمیں صحابہ کے رام کو ضمیر اور کامن سینس کے ساتھ 
यानी देवबंदी बरेलवी की जंजीरों से निकल के शिया सुनी की जंजीरों से निकल के जंजीर सोने की हो या लोहे की हो या पीतल तांबे की हो आखिर जंजीर बाहर जंजीर है ये एक मुसलमान या इंसान से नाते एक दानिशवार होते आकार के नाते कामन सेंस को हालात को सामने रखते हुए रिविजिट करना चाहिए और उनका मुताला करना जैसी दुनिया की बाकी तारीखें हैं कि उन तारीखों में जो हर अवरदस्ता के तौर पे जो लोग शामिल होते हैं या तारीख का साथ देते हैं उसे कामयाब करने के लिए उनकी क्या तो फिर उसके बाद उनके बारे में वही ख्याल पैदा हो जाते हैं जब ख्याल अगर किसी इंसान की फजीलत आ जाएगी तो अदब करने पर हम खुद बहुत मजबूर हो जाएंगे लेकिन अगर फजीलत और जहन में नहीं बैठेगी तो अब अदब हम नहीं कर सकते अब रह गई जरा तादीर की बात तो सहाबा कराम की हैसियत जो है सिर्फ यक होना नहीं है ये एक सहाबा कराम के रिवायात ऐसी हैं इस किस्म के ये लंबी तस्वीरें लेकिन वक्त नहीं है एक इस किस्म के जिनमें दीन की रिवायात है यानी नमाज है रोजा है इस किस्म की ईमानी याद है वगैरह वगैरह एक सहाबा और वो नबी पाकलम की नस्बत से है कि आपलाम ने यह फरमाया यह फरमाया एक यह है कि और फिर आपलाम की दौर की है और इसी किस्म की रिवायात आप मेरा ख्याल है कि इनमें जेरा और तादीर की कोई जरूरत नहीं है हो सकता है पहले मैं ये क्लियर कर दूं कि मैं मुमकिन हूँ मेरे पास हवाला नहीं है ये सब मेरी अपनी जहनी अख्तरा है इसीलिए कि हम दरमियानी पॉइंट भी किसी जगह पे इकट्ठे हो जाए और अल तशीरों के लिए भी गुंजाइश पैदा हो जाए और हम भी थोड़ा सा बयान किया जाता है बाद दफा मोहब्बत वाले तल्लुक को बयान किया जाता है और फिर उसमें साहबा की आदत मेरा ख्याल है कुछ गुंजेश निकल सकती है तस्लीम किया है कि सहाबा के इस मसले को दोबारा नजर षानी की जाएगी इसके ऊपर और चूंकि ज्यादा कंसर्न इस बात का है चूँकि हम भी सहाबा के अंदर जैसा कि मैंने इससे पहले अर्ज किया कि कहीं सैदना अब्दुल्ला बिन मसूद के कौल को रहते हैं दूसरे को तर्क करते हैं कहीं हजरत अबिन अब्बास के कौल को रहते हैं हजरत मुआज बिन जबल को तर्क कर देते हैं ये अखज़ और तर्क हमारे यहाँ भी है और फिर अहल तशहियों के अंदर मेरी खुद नज़र से गुजरा कि बहुत से सहाबा जिनके रावी रवायात ली हैं उस चीज़ को मुश्किल ही होती है उन्होंने इस मुश्किल पर बहस की है तो उसको पब्लिक में बयान नहीं किया जाता हमारी तरफ से भी ये बात होती है कि हम भी अहल बैद के फ़ाइल पर जो हदीस है मसल गदीर की हदीस है हदीस वालैन है वो तो सूफिया हजरात बयान करते हैं तो आप लोग तो बड़े सेफ हैं जब हम बयान करते हैं तो शी हो जाते हैं ये तो इसलिए जब आप लोग बयान करते हैं कि हम जो है ना असल रियल सुनी हैं तो इसमें कुछ वजन नजर आता है इसलिए कि अहल सुनत का जो बारह सौ साल साढ़े बारह सौ साल पहले यानी ये बाकायदा जमात का आगाज हुआ था बाकायदा थी तो पहले तो उसके अंदर ये था कि आलबैत और सहाबा दोनों से दोनों से तो ये थी तो बहरहाल ये शेख वॉज टॉकिंग अबाउट जस्ट मिडल वे बिकॉज वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट सहाबा देर इज वन साइड इन साउथ एंड साउथ वन साइड जरा एंड वन साइड इज रेस्पेक्ट 
and we have to find out the middle way so that we can get together on the solid basis. Mm -hmm. Because there are some academic discussions when we're talking about whether we take the Rivayat from Sahaba or not. This is related to the higher you know, scholars, you know, jurisdicts, verdicts, and the fiqh. This type of the thing have nothing to do with the common people on the grassroots. On the grassroots level, it's related to the respect and uh, their maqam, including Ahlul Bayt as well. Because the people who don't mention, they have to take another point on the other way. There is obviously Jara and Tadil in us and uh, about Sahaba. Uh, the, we, we also mentioned you know, their mutual relationship based on the love and Mushajara as well. They are the, you know, their disputes. All of these things we have to control. That's why he said there is a room for the Shias as well in the Mushajara. When they're talking about and we take it on the other side, not positively, but they should be ready. But from that side, uh, it should be a proper form of talking about Sahaba, re-look, re-address, or you know, this problem. This is a good suggestion, and already we have uh, discussed here. Uh, after the Rishab, he was asking questions. Actually, uh, those questions, they were addressed already here. Uh, uh -huh. But one thing one, I want to share my own feelings <coughs> regarding to the Sunni uh, school of thought and regarding to the Shia school of thought as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the impression given here that uh, there is a low respect uh, from the uh, Sunni community regarding to the Ahlibad, I think this uh, impression is not good because uh, you know, in every khutbah, all our ulama, when they say khutbah in Arabic, they mention uh, the names of all Ahlibad, Sahaba as well. Like Hazrat uh, Imam Hassan Muslim, Fatma, uh, and uh, others as well. So, uh, the other thing is we have uh, Islamic centers, mosques, and their names are uh, uh, yeah, to Masjid uh, Ali and mosques as well. So, uh, this, the other thing is about uh, the Shia community uh, as a uh, uh, in, the, in, in the Sunni uh, circles, I'm talking about the common people, common people in the mosque, in the streets. The Shia, they are not, they, they think that they are not in the mainstream uh, Ummah, the part of the mainstream Ummah. So this is a very serious type of feeling of the common people. If you go in the streets, in the shops, and ask about the Shia, they will say no. They have the feelings that there is the feelings of, about the Shia. So what I'm suggesting here is that when the Shia scholars, or the small, most of the scholars that sit in here, when they have their Qadaris in their uh, uh, mosques or Islamic centers, uh, I think they <coughs> to teach uh, their followers about the other Sahabas as well. It's, it's, we are talking here that we have this belief and we, are, we, we, we don't like cursing, we don't like sabushatam, we don't like those things. Mm -hmm. This is... Yeah, because the people, they speak about 
that are very outspoken on YouTube, on the media, mm. that give an impression that this is all of the Shia, that these are the Shia. And I think um, that's that's the problem. There are, there are some from the Shia that are, you know, very outspoken in cursing the Sahaba and Sibn Shittin, who represent themselves only, and that, that group has a problem with all the other groups of, of Shia. They disagree with others, and they accuse others of destroying Islam and uh, ruining Islam. They're very outspoken online, on YouTube. They give an impression that these, these are the Shia. I'd like for the brothers to understand this, that uh, they only represent themselves. They don't represent others. Yes, they're very active online. They give the impression that all the Shia are like but that's not the case. Yes, we do have a problem that the moderate Shia that do not believe in said, they're quiet. They're quiet, not home. They, they remain reserved to themselves. That is a problem. We do have a problem of them not speaking out as well. So I want the brothers to understand that the Shia are not all the same. If you see some that perform said and line, they represent themselves. They don't represent all of the Shia. Shia are half a billion. Approximately 300, 400, 500 million. I don't know exactly how many. These people don't represent all the shares. So, well, actually, the food is ready. The time is already taking. Uh, I think uh, there are the people who are waiting, but I'm sure you cannot concise yourself because this is a critical time. If you have to ask a question. Uh, okay. Briefly, I would like to say only two points. First is this, that if you go through our uh, main uh, references, basic references of Shia, you will not find this, this thing in there. Kotobarba, you will not find this thing in there. So this is not uh, related with our religion. This is related with the um, um, reaction of the Sunni people, the Sunni scholars, who blame Shias as Jew and as Kuffar. Mm. So, and it is not being done from, from the scholars. No scholar has agreed with this and we are fighting. We are fighting in Pakistan, in India, in Iran, we are fighting against this. But the main thing is that you also, our respected Sunni uh, scholars, has also a duty to 
convey the message to their scholars, not the scholars and not to say Kafir. If general public say we don't, yeah. we, we have no any problem with general public. But the scholars will say that this is Shia Kafir. It became a that is, the, that is the thing I want to. Brother Nasawa, what I understand, Brother Nasawa is the secretary of the Central Mosque of Burmese. Thank you very much. What I understand from the faith and Imam, and the purpose of it, I suppose, is to win the prayer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be successful in the year after. And I think uh, the Sahaba must have the same concept in their mind about Iman too. They wouldn't have conduct themselves, but later in the history, they will be discussed the way we are discussing them today. Uh, and similarly, at the same time, I don't think our grading or re uh, degrading to them uh, matches any to them at all. Whatever they are placed with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His mercy stays there. They don't have a slightest, I mean, our discussion, our gradation and, and degrading or degrading on the other hand, wouldn't affect the slightest to, to, to their real position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the other thing is we don't have all comprising knowledge that we can play. If such so-and-so sahaba was upper and the other was lower, Allah knows it and He will reward them. We are not going to work in the The one thing which I have an have have issue with is the Munafiqeen. I don't think it is right to grade them or take them among the Sahaba at all. Because for being a Sahaba or Sahabiyah, Iman is the existence of Iman is crucial. It has to be there. Otherwise, many Kufar must have been company of Prophet Principal, which they abandoned sometimes. But they are not taken as Sahabi. And the other point which I want to comment is from criticizing the Sahaba, I don't think uh, it is right for us to take it, uh, uh, apply it to, to, and to, to those very people. I think it is for us it is to, to learn lesson after it and improve our faith in Iman and practice. But uh, not to uh, Allah has a right in his in his person to criticize them, or curse them, and then yet forgive them as well. But I don't think we have any right to to to, to grant them in the light of Quran. The Quran said such a such thing about so and so person, so he or she is condemned now. We do not know. Allah may have pardoned them as. Uh, Quran is witness that the Bani Israel had committed crime after crime after crime, and yet Allah has been pardoned. So these are two of the comments. Thank you very much. Thank you I think the program has come to its end. Uh, and now this is the time of achievement. And then uh, food is ready, waiting for you, inshallah. The points agreed upon as a result of this discussion, and if I take uh, into the consideration of the sum of the discussion regarding the previous uh, session, as uh, mentioned, Sahaba were human beings, not superhumans, 
and uh, in the light of the Quranic verses and Ahadith. And the same was addressed last time by Sunni ulama agreed upon not super humans, not infallibles, except infallibles according to Ahl Sunnah, uh, they were uh, Anbiya. According to Shia, already discussed, uh, apart from Anbiya, you know, the Imams as well. And the Isma has already discussed. So this is the point agreed upon. Second point, not all Sahaba were adult. Uh, many Sahaba were exempted from according to the Ahadis and the verses. Same was agreed upon when it was presented last time by Sunni scholars, uh, except you know it there was a need to be readdressed as Sahaba the Kulluhumadulan, these principles established by uh and Mufassirun in this way and to reinterpret it according to the verses of the Quran, authentic ahadith, well-established historical facts. So it should be redefined. Redefined that was, uh, you know, indeed. And Dr. Amman was here next time. Dr. Amman, you know, inshallah, going to, uh, is the brief paper is going to present. Not at the part of the big session, that will be a subsidiary. Just wudah, brief wudah, inshallah. Because this is incomplete, uh, as we discussed. And another point, not all Sahaba were equal in ranking. There was a Darajat classification. Yes, obviously, that was already mentioned. There was Darajat according to Al-Sunnah as well, based on their Iman, their Sohbah, Mudat of Sohbah, Hijrah, Khidmah, Jihad, etc., etc. Obviously, every point, right, these points. Another point, this is the principally uh, narrations, they may be accepted from them as, you know, this, there is no denial from uh, uh, Ahlul Shia, principally, they cannot accept Rivayat from them. Virtually, they, they did it, they did it, you know, and apart from uh, Umar, Abu Zar, some other Sahaba as well. And uh, obviously, from the other point, and uh, they accepted from the most of Sahaba, from Ayushima, accepted the Rivayat, right? Then, Ikhtilaf is allowed with Sahaba, not to him, not cursing, they deserve respect. Ikhtilaf based on Ahtiram and your respect, agreed upon from Ayushima. The differences, uh, what we, this is on the principle of Sahaba, according to uh, the one side, Ahlul Shia, you know, so not all of them, as you have listened. From uh, Ahlul Sunnah, this is not completed so far, this principle. But to some extent, we may find, you know, the majority or the overwhelming majority of Sahaba, you know, slave or right uh, from Ahlul Sunnah. Exempting, you know, as mentioned by Imam. By the way, there is a clarification uh, from Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Munafiqun, they are exempted from the rank of Sahaba, they are not Sahaba. However, literally, Nabi Al-Sahabuna, he said, regarding Abdullah bin Ubayy in this group, literally, but uh, truly, in real sense, uh, they were exempted. Another clarification, as you have mentioned, Sheikh, about Ayyad, Muhammad, 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 Rasul, Qad Khalatim, Afaim, Maat, Al-Qulat, Oh, Waizara, Aw, Nizaratan, Awla, Awlin, Fatu, Ilayha, or regarding Hatayda, Fashilkum, Watanazatun, Fil Amr, and so on. But it never remained for over and a part of Nabal. That was abandoned. That was in the same context. Walakada, Fallahu, Hamdun, Inna Allah, Al-Qulun, Harim. So, according to Ahl-Sunnah perspective, 
that was an error made at a certain time, but immediately that was rectified. Never remained as a part of their character and their life. So it should be taken into consideration. Any other point which I missed from the agreed upon or the differences, if you can help me. Yes. I think this point uh, raised by somebody that we can write to Sistani or some other Maharaji for this respect with our signature. I think it has to be included. It will pay good attention and it will be nice, I think. All right. And also, I would like to recommend that you people also advise your ulama not to say kafir to the Muslims. <laughs> Islam came to say everybody is Muslim and we are going to. This one is from the both sides. No, we are not. We are not saying the your no. If I can mention one thing, the brother that mentioned something about Sayyid Sistani. Two, three years ago, in the city of Albania, in Baghdad, a group of young men, maybe not more than 17 or 20, 17 or 20 young men, they came out in the, in the, in the streets of Albamiya, which is by the grave of Abu Hanifa, and I believe they were cursing Umar. They were insulting Umar. Sayyid Sistani usually does not, you know, he, he doesn't get involved in, in minor things. He doesn't get involved in politics, let alone the next day he issued a statement. Sayyid Sistani that does not get involved in these things and does not get involved in political uh, events and doesn't give his opinion, but for this, even though there were only 17 or 20 young men that were cursing or insulting Omar, the second day he made it, he issued a statement that these people, they do not represent us. Our office completely condemns these actions and warns such groups of basically excommunication or uh, like a blessing, <laughs> something like this. Very harsh tone. Very harsh tone towards women like your book. So Sayyid Sistani takes these things very seriously to his defense. Sayyid Prophet said just one sentence. I think there's a need specifically from Ahl Sunnah that, you know, because we live within our own communities, we don't interact with our Shia brothers. He's just visiting them, sitting with them, talking to the scholars. And when I visited Iraq and I sat down with Bashir, Najafi, Sayyid Muhammad Hakim, your father, uh, what I thought was Shia that was totally different to what the reality is. So I would definitely recommend our Sunni brothers to visit Iran and you'll see that you'll see that coexistence. Yeah. Uh, so this is something which is working. Okay, Jazakumullah Khairan uh, for your your time, your contribution, your sacrifices. May Allah give us all great jazah and we have to conclude our program with the dua of the Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 <la
تو اس وہ خطا جو ہے وہ اپنی مس انڈرسٹینڈنگ سے بھی ہو سکتی ہے انسان یہ سمجھ رہا دوسرا ہو جائے اور جیسے کہ ہو گیا بس تو اگر صحابہ کے لیے وہ لفظ استعمال کیا جائے خطا کا The real term should be used here, error or something like that, instead of the fisk. Without the fisk, never remind. And then I remind you, fisk is there, used by the Quran. Yes, yes. Can never be changed because that's the Quran. And the remaining verses where fisk is not mentioned, their sin is mentioned or khata is mentioned, something like that. So it should be that the new term should be attributed to them instead of this. So this is a just a suggestion. Yeah, no, no, Doc, uh, sorry, before you conclude, uh, I think very good discussion, but one thing we need to agree, all of us, is that me being a Shia and you being a Sunni doesn't mean that we cannot come together. And the verse which was quoted earlier on, Kuliya Ahlul Kitab, Sawa Embayan. Meaning there are differences, but there are common grounds. Yeah. We can always come on common grounds mm-hmm. and continue yeah. with whatever we do. So, At the end of the day, Doc, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, the reality is that mm-hmm. Shi will practice the way he practices, mm-hmm. and Sunnis will practice the way they practice. Yeah. And the faith for all is there. What is important is as scholars. Mm-hmm. This all points on the importance of common existence and unity. This is how I take it. As they mentioned, we have what is called Wahdatul Diniyya and Wahdatul Ishtima'i. Let's look at this Wahdatul Ishtima'i. Wahdatul Ishtima'i, in my personal understanding, simply means I'm not obliged to change what I do because of you and you're not obliged. But we can go together peacefully. When you come to my mosque, I do not expect you to pray the way I pray. Neither when I come to a mosque, I do not expect you to pray, uh, you know, as I do. But we can still agree together and the Ummah and Wasata can continue to do. So what I am suggesting is, from our part as Shia, there are a lot of work that we need to do to also change the mindset of our people and our followers. Likewise, also when it comes to the Sunni cycle also. There are a lot of words. If we have to bother much in changing some of these fundamental issues, it may take us 100 years and we'll not be able to do. But there are simple issues like the question of Lana, the question of sub, which if I do Lana, I don't do Lana. It doesn't take any faith from me. It doesn't add any reward to what I do. So we can do that as Shia, which I personally as a Shia feel we have it as a problem and we need to address it as soon as possible. The same way when you come to the Sunni cycle, the whole question of thinking that Shias are kuffar, to that point that when I, as a Shia, come to your mosque, I'm scared, I'm hiding, I don't know. I think this discussion is really phenomenal. I love it. That with this, we can take forward to say, look, Shia should feel comfortable 
in this day and age when they visit the Sunni Muslim. And a Sunni should also feel comfortable when you need to be open and you have to respect each other's opinion. It has to be in a humble way, in a humble manner, in a calm way, in a calm manner. With that, I think we can build the better world for our future generation. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين